0: Let's turn our Bibles, if you have your Bible, to Romans 8. Again, I'm going to be Romans 8:19, the Passion. Maybe if I use the Passion enough, I th- maybe all will go out and buy a copy. I'm not sure you will or won't, but <laughs> I've been using it for now six, six weeks, going on six weeks straight. But I will have the New King James and the message in here as well. We're still in a series called Understanding the Church's New Identity as it Learns to Exist in the New Kingdom Age amen understanding the church's new identity and it's up there is John put it up there for you in the passion and that scripture in Romans 8:19 is the entire universe that's a lot a lot of people the entire universe <laughs> is standing on tiptoe the entire universe is standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. That's you. That's right. They're waiting. They're standing on tiptoe. If you remember from last week, I I hope you did, but I'll help you be reminded because I always need remembering thing as well. But three things that God told us last week, that we will be experiencing in this new kingdom age. Judge, you put slide one for us. Number one, God will exceed all you expect. How many has expect, how many like expectations? How many's ever had the expectation of going to Hawaii? <laughs> how many's ever had the expectation of owning a nice new car? Again, or never, if you ever never had one. but again, how many would like a brand new car? How I many that's an expectation? Amen? God, God's promise to you through this new age is that He will exceed all you expect, so you have to start expecting. See, expectancy is a sign that you know, that you have, you have, you're looking for something, and God said He would give you all the desires of your heart. So if you're desiring, if you're expecting, if you're expecting a miracle, guess what? God'll meet your miracle, just like when Jenny shared about her her pipes in her house. You know, and she was expecting when she prayed that that angel was going to work a work. Amen. She could have had a bigger, bigger mess on her hand rather than just wrapping a few pipes. She could have had to had pipes replaced. There might have been frozen pipes. They would have had to have been replaced. They would have never opened. But her expectation created something that caused something to move something that made a miracle happen. Even for the little things that sometimes we don't think are insignificant things. You know, I've had so many so many times that my car wouldn't start and I'd sat sit there and I'd say, Lord, I said, You're the Lord of everything. You're even the Lord of this crazy car. This engine. And I've prayed prayers like that before. You know, and God turn the key and start right up. And then as I'm driving down the street, thanking him for starting my car, you know what he says to me? You better get some attention to this car. (laughs) Now that's wisdom. That's the spirit of wisdom talking to us. Amen? So God will exceed all you expect. God will increase all you invest. God will increase all you invest. So if you're investing in praise and worship, if you're investing in prayer, if you're investing your daily devotion lives, God will increase what you invest. He will begin to increase that. And number three, God will accelerate time. And we talked about this last week. Well, I mentioned a few things about it, not the whole thing. But God will accelerate time for you to accomplish His kingdom purposes in your life. Because we are living, literally we are living in a... Already factor didn't Jesus say it is finished? He said that to us in John nineteen thirty. It is finished. So I believe that we're already living in that already factor. And then remember the scripture that we read last week. I don't know John's got a couple of slides for that, but it's Amos chapter nine verses thirteen through fifteen. Amos nine thirteen through fifteen. I like to read that to. It says, I don't think you can read that, but. Can you? <laughs> yes, indeed, it says. It won't be long now. This is the message translation. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another, you won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once, and everywhere you look,
1: blessings.
0: Say, can you say that word with me? Blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. I will make everything right again for my people Israel. They rebuild, they'll rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant their vineyards. Now when we say the people of Israel, it's also the people of God because we're all, you know, in Christ we've become all one. Amen. Then they'll rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant their vineyards. And these have, you know, practical and spiritual values and drink good wine, they'll work their gardens, eat fresh vegetables, and I will plant them, plant them on their own land, and they will never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God, says so. Amen? Amen. We're living in an acceleration of increase and favor and blessings. Last week I said it was the speed of favor, as fast as the speed of light. How remember? How many remember how fast the speed of light is? One hundred and eighty-six thousand two hundred eighty-two miles per second. Per second. In other words, I I mean, like there is a there is a phrase in the Bible that I said last week: Godspeed. speed. How many has ever read that? God speed. I always tell people: God speed. You don't. You know, but God's first name is God's last name is Speed. (laughs) In other words, if we could move that fast, that fast, we would circle the earth seven and a half times every second. I mean, that's pretty fast. We are also entering a lifestyle of suddenlies. Suddenly, slide three, John. And I talked about this a little bit last week. Be ever intentional to remember. Do your best to remember the goodness of God. Do your best to remember the faithfulness of God. Do your best to remember the kindness of God to you. How much He loves you. How much He's with you. He said He'd never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you. You can't shake Him. Your behavior can't make Him turn His head from you. He will always be with you. He will always love you. Your behavior will never stop Him from loving you. He is forever going to love you. Love, it says in 1 Corinthians thirteen eight, love never fails. Amen. How many know we God is love? So his love for you will never fail. Number two, stay focused. Stay focused and guard your heart. How many know we have a responsibility to guard our hearts, to keep them pure before the Lord and to keep them dedicated and focused on him. So stay focused on Jesus. You know, you can have storms all around you, but if you're focused on Jesus, you can walk out of water. Amen. And if you're in the boat, you know, you're in the boat with the Lord, make sure you leave the water in the ocean and don't get any water in your boat. Just to keep your boat clean of water. Amen. And number three, stay in your lane. That's a big new phrase for today. Stay in your lane. Amen. No comparisons. God is releasing new depths of revelation. And God is releasing heavenly wisdom and understanding coupled with counsel and might reminding you from last week to remember to activate. Say, activate. Activate all God's promises He gives you. Amen? It's like when you get a new credit card. How many know when you get a new credit card, you've got to activate it? Amen? If you don't activate it, you might as well throw it in the garbage. Because when you go to the store, they're going to say, sorry, it doesn't work. How many ever had that experience? Yeah. How do we activate The promises of God, we recognize them, we rely on them, and we rest in them. We have been chosen by God to be a life-giving generation of people with a life-changing and prophetic word for this world. The world is waiting. They're standing on tiptoes, it says. The universe is standing on tiptoes to see the revelation of God's sons and daughters that we would recognize who we are. And God is releasing for us major promises into our lives. Slide four. Major promises into our our lives. Next we talked about this last week. I'm just going to review real real quick here. Accelerated harvest. Somebody, do you realize that the world is coming to us? You know, for so many years we had, we had, we had missionaries and we were all, everybody was going to, you know, uh, this place, that place, Africa, all the mission work, you know, Haiti and, and All of a sudden, the borders are wide open and everybody's coming to us. And so there's going to be an accelerated harvest, accelerated opportunities, accelerated restoration, accelerated power, accelerated reversal, accelerated release and accelerated results because we are living in a new kingdom age of the speed of favor. The speed of favor. You're going to hear that phrase a lot from me in the upcoming months. The speed of favor. Because the Holy Spirit is endowing us with favor for these times. Favor again is like the word grace. I mean, it's like you don't deserve it but He's going to give it to you anyway. How many like to give when somebody doesn't deserve it even though you just want to give? that's the heart of God. The heart of God is to bless you even when you don't want to be blessed. He just wants to bless you. Even when you think you don't deserve it based on your behavior, He wants to bless you. So I just say, open up your hearts. You know, there is a Scripture in the book of Psalms that says open up your mouth. wide, So He can come in. But what I've discovered over the years of ministry is that even the established order of nature... Is no match for divine interruptions by God. Like that was proven here, but today by Jenny. You know, I mean the order of nature: pipes frozen do not unfreeze unless you pray over them. I mean, I know missionaries who have tractors in, you know, in in foreign countries, you know, Africa and other places. When their tractor don't start, they pray. I don't know if you remember years ago, Janet Shell was here. Janet Shell was traveling herself and Missy Smith and they were traveling from I think they traveled all the way across they're going across America and when they got to Texas their car ran out of gas and they had no money the tank was empty and so these three women these three girls got out of their car and they prayed they got in their car with no gas turned the key and it started and they drove it all the way to California on no gas. Is God able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think? Or is that just a fairy tale scripture in Ephesians 3.20? If these things are true, then we need to put our foot to the the pedal and accelerate and start believing that when we hit the wall on certain circumstances, if we have a need While we pray first, it says in Matthew six thirty three, seek ye first the kingdom of God. In other words, before you go to the doctor, get some help. I I think Dan was sharing with us at lunch a couple of weeks ago. Pastor Dan he said he said there was a time in his young life when he was sick, and his his father and his mother. You would think they would take him in his sickness. They would take him right to the doctor or right to the hospital. Before they went to the doctor, they went to the pastor's house. They went to the pastor's house. Because they were seeking first the kingdom of God. And they got prayer. And the prayer healed them. Third degree burns all over his body. He doesn't have a scar. I could give you stories. I mean, I remember years ago I was at the Gospel House when I was younger in the Lord. This was probably 20-some years, 25 years ago. And I was... I had invited a whole group of people to come and, you know, at that time Bob Sepkiewicz would give uh, salvation messages at night at the Church of the Nazarene. And so I would bring people from work when I used to work for CEI. I would bring people from my work after I witnessed to them all day to come there to meet Jesus, get saved, and get them baptized. So one of, this, one of our families, one of my families was driving in their mini, minivan. Not a minivan. It was probably just like a, one of those bigger 12-passenger vans. And there was an accident and his daughter went through the windshield in an accident. Her head the whole her whole head, face, eyes, nose, mouth was all cut up, lacerated. I hadn't even got to the place yet, even though I, I told him to meet me there. I wasn't there. And so the pastor that was there and the people that were there called the ambulance right away because of her, her accident. They didn't think about praying for her. They didn't think about seeking first the Lord and then praying afterwards, you know. Nothing showed up. And so when I got there, I, I walked in and I saw them sitting there. And She was bleeding. Her face was bleeding. Her face was all cut up. And I said, has anybody prayed for her? They go, oh, no. Should we? Should we? <laughs> I said, everybody in this room that does not believe out of the room right now. The whole room emptied out except me and another person including family parents left the room and I prayed for her and within seconds her whole face where all of all everything that was lacerated everything that was cut everything was bleeding her face went back to pure just normal as if she never had an accident right before her eyes and the ambulance showed up and says where's that where's this where's this girl that's hurt the accident that's her right there Well, she doesn't need no help. Because God healed her. See, God's just waiting for us. God's waiting for us to pray. And to believe. And to release our faith in these situations. And it happens all the time. And it's not because of me. I was just like, like a regular everyday... I wasn't a pastor yet. I was just an everyday person who would witness to people wherever I went at work. I work sometimes I would witness 24 hours a day I would have guys run up to me I was standing once on a truck I think I told you about this a big truck I was standing there in the midst of there's like 30 40 people in this big big area where they make a, they have transformers and oil this guy runs up I'm standing on the back bed of a of a semi this guy this guy was here a couple of weeks ago three weeks ago his name was Danny he ran up to the truck and he said to me in the middle of that day at two o'clock in the afternoon he says What must I do to be saved? I said, man, you're quoting the Scripture at me. I mean, that's what it says in the Bible. I says, what must you do? Let's do it. I'll show you what to do. We'll say a prayer, and you'll be saved. And he was, right there on the spot. I didn't care who was there. I didn't care what was happening. didn't bother me. I was doing the Lord's work. Amen? And he was saved that day. He's still saved today. He served 13 years in prison. After, after that time, two years after that, he served 13 years in prison. And he came out of prison, still a believer. He is now ordained on fire, does marriages, ordained, prophetic, on fire, heals people, and God is using him mightily. Because of that one day. Everybody has a one day, even D.L. Moody. <laughs> Everybody, Even Joyce Myers. Even your favorite person. Whoever that may be. But what I've discovered over the years again is that no matter what, there's, there's no match to God. I mean, what God can do is amazing. He's able to do so many things that we can't even understand. Neither is there an established order of religion, a match for any of God's miracle and His timing. Now, you, when you look, let's, let's go to Luke 4. I want to go to Luke 4, John I'm going to put up that slide, Luke 4, 18 and 19.
1: Right there, right there, came there.
0: It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This, this me could be you. It's not only Jesus. Because how many know Jesus is in you? He lives right inside of you. You know that, Amen. When when you leave here, this this meeting that we're having right now, when you leave here, it doesn't stop. This is here just to reinforce what you know, reinforce what you've heard, reinforce what you know your devotions are doing in your daily life. All of us should have daily devotions. All of us should be seeking the Lord. All of us should be reading and studying our Bibles, Amen. And so all Sunday morning does is we come together to praise and worship. I don't know about you, but I, I I can't live without praise and worship. To me, it's the key. It's my way out of all my circumstances. And so, in and in in, in saying that, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And the poor are simply—they don't have—you don't have to find out what their social economic class is to, to, to get ready up to see if they're poor. It doesn't mean that it means that somebody who doesn't know Jesus. They're poor. They don't know. He has sent me to heal. Heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. And that doesn't mean simply people who can't see. That means people who don't know Jesus yet. Amen? To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus enters the temple, said, among other leaders of whom many did not recognize that the Messiah was sitting among them that had longed for sitting amongst themselves after He said He was... And and we know that Jesus was a poor son of a poor carpenter. And they thought the Messiah with all of His promises and hope for the new Israel surely couldn't come for another 1,000 or 2,000 years. And when He showed up at the time that they never expected... You know, if you're expecting a certain time for Jesus to show up, maybe you're wrong. And that's okay. Amen? But on this day in the temple, Jesus was invited to read Isaiah 61, 1-2, which is really Luke 4, 18-19, from the scrolls. And with clarity and anointing, He began reading the prophetic words foretelling of the coming of the Messiah. And after reading, Jesus took a seat, sat down. And while everyone was waiting for the synagogue elders to comment, Jesus spoke up without hesitancy or any kind of awkwardness and said these things to them in Luke 4.21. Luke 4.21, Jesus said this to those who were there that day. This day is this Scripture fulfilled in your ears. Those gathered were shocked to hear Jesus say such a thing. But they were perhaps more astounded at the thought that Almighty God had suddenly accelerated time in their very presence and annihilated their calendars, putting their timepieces into hyper speed and brought the year of Jubilee right into the middle of their day.
1: The Messiah is here.
0: Could you imagine? What all the angels in heaven were doing that day, even though they could—they they were like clueless in many instances of the of the word. And what are the times and seasons to God anyway? He sits above the circle of the earth. And if you remember from last week, what I told you, His. His his dimension, His realm is not slow like we are slowed down. He's moving at a high speed, faster than the speed of light. And existence is there for those who know Him. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, Isaiah 40, verse 22, It is He who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. See, below, time has a beginning and an end where we live. But the Bible says He's above all. God moves in and out of time at His pleasure, and years become months, and months become weeks, and weeks become days, and days become minutes. And minutes become seconds, and seconds transform instantaneously into the miracles of God's manifested glory. How important is prayer in the life of every believer? How important is prayer? I, I believe it's their lifeblood. I don't think we have good existence without prayer. If there's anything we need to work on is learning how to pray. Because we have a tendency not to pray we have a tendency to expect somebody to pray for us or expect that you know i'm okay i don't need to pray but when the church first began its existence in the book of acts guess what their first priority was prayer the bible sets sets the setting in acts chapter 1 acts 1 let's go there Oops. Acts chapter 1, verse 13. I'm going to get into Passion. It says, Arriving there, they went up into a large second floor room to pray. How many know what that second floor room to pray is called? The upper room. What do you do in the upper room? You pray. <laughs> Amen. And those present were Peter and John and Jacob, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartolone, Matthew, Jacob, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, the son of Jacob, and a number of women, including Mary, Jesus' mother, His brothers were there as well. All of them were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding day and night. The church... Began to pray like you have never prayed before. They've even prayed in some kind of strange language it talks about. A language called tongues. Getting into the Word of God with renewed passion. Go, in, go out and purchase, if you could. Just, I, I just want you, encourage you to purchase a passion. It's, it's so worth it. It's such a good Translation. But the author has the book of Genesis. The author who wrote the Passion, his name is Brian Simmons, by the way. He's still living on the planet. He's still translating the rest of the Bible. because this is just New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, and Song of Solomon. That's all that's in this volume right here. And believe it or not, I don't think you would think this, but this is large print. To me, large print is 28 points. This is not 28 point. <laughs> he is also has the, the book of Genesis translated. You can buy it in a single volume. He also has the book of Isaiah, and you could buy that in a single volume. And uh, yes, I have them all too, in case you're wondering. But the Lord Jesus, by His Holy Spirit, showed me that we have entered into a time of accelerated answers to prayer. You've got to pray You've got to make prayer a priority in your life. It's not hard. The Bible says pray without ceasing. It's not hard.
1: It's not hard.
0: I pray when I cut the grass. Yeah. I pray when I play basketball. I pray all the time. I can speak in tongues when I'm talking to you it's true and God shared these thoughts with me he began to speak to me he included a prophetic word that he gave to me for this new kingdom age that we are currently in as the church the body of Christ this word I'm giving you today is an invitation for you to engage your faith with God in expectation it says expectation God will exceed what you expect So if you're expecting nothing, what will you get? Nothing. The same results that you always have got before. Nothing. So if you want something from God, you have to start expecting. Amen? Because this is the New Kingdom Day when we will see astonishing answers to prayer. This Word I'm giving you today will minister to you, so please allow it to marinate you. How many like marinated (laughs) Alice. How many understand what it means to marinate in the presence? Marinate in the Spirit. Soak. Feast on it because it's time the answers to prayers that the body of Christ shall see will leave us in awe and wonder of who He is. Psalm 65, the Passion, verses 5 and 6 says this, It says, You answer our prayers with amazing wonders and with all inspiring displays of power. You are the righteous God who helps us like a Father. Isn't that reassuring to know that Father God helps us at frozen pipes? Third degree burns on His body. Got testimonies right here. Amen. Everyone, everywhere looks to you for you are the confidence, you are the confidence of all the earth, even to the farthest islands of the sea. Look at this next scripture. What jaw-dropping, astounding power is yours? How many know what a jaw-drop is? You are the mountain maker who sets them all in place. We will begin to see our prayers answered on a grander scale. One of the dictionaries I have in my office gives us these following synonyms for the word astounding. Amazing. It means blindsiding. It means dumbfounding. It means eye-opening. It means flabbergasting it means jarring jaw dropping jolting shocking startling stunning stupefying surprising oh just some little bit of synonyms how I mean, you can buy the big book on cinnamons. synonyms synonyms i'm thinking of cinnamon buns you know at the mall <laughs> every time i go to the mall i got to repent cuz i go to cinnamon I have to wear a blindfold, amen? But the smell... Do you ever smell them things? Man, it's like... This time of new accelerated answers to prayer, we will see God's power strength demonstrating with jaw-dropping ways. I heard the Lord say this, I am turning the tables on unanswered prayer. For many during the past season, the enemy has been fighting hard Come against the promises of God to bring delay, but delay will stop. God is going to break into this delay and bring amazing breakthroughs in the place of answered prayers. God is going to show His power and His strength like we have never seen before. The Holy Spirit said, we are entering into a birthing time. A birthing time, no matter how hard the enemy is trying to discourage us from praying, and he will. He'll discourage you. You want to know when the enemy works the hardest on you?
1: 11.30,
0: Saturday night. Because he wants you to get sick so you don't come and praise and worship him. The devil doesn't want you to praise and worship Jesus because he knows it will break bondages off of you. It will set you free. Did you ever notice you get sick usually... 11.30 Saturday night or early Sunday morning. You don't think for a minute that the devil's at work trying to deal with your little emotions. Oh, you've worked so hard all week. You deserve to stay home and just sleep. You know, if you sleep, you're not going to get the breakthrough. You ain't going to get the breakthrough from sleep. You're going to get the breakthrough because you took that extra step of faith. And you join with saints on their you know you join with God's sons and daughters and praise the Lord. you know just this little group that we have here, if we really praise with all of our heart, soul, and mind, we could make this building shake. We could make the fire department come over here and say, "The roof's on fire, the neighbors are calling the roof's on fire. That's only happened here seven times. The fire departments come in here seven times when the when it's blue skies outside, and say all oh, your neighbors are calling, the roof's on fire at the church. They come in their garb with their axes.
1: Right, where's where's the fire?
0: It's in us. You're coming here to see us burn for the
1: power of God.
0: The fire's in us. I'm on fire. Amen. Whenever you feel the dark clouds over you or in your prayer life, it's time to worship. It's not time to gossip. It's not time to say, oh me, oh my, oh what am I going to do? It's time to worship. Now is the time for ferociously and violently intercession for a great outpouring of answered prayer is about to be released. And the enemy, I'll tell you what, the enemy, I I see it. We have a prayer group that's been meeting here in this church for almost 15 years, every Monday from 10 a.m. till noon. The enemy is coming against prayer times and prayer ministries and prayer groups to, attend to, to attempt to bring a hindrance because the time of birthing of major answers to prayer is upon us. And this is the last push for many individuals, families, churches, workplaces, cities, and nations to see major fulfillments of His promise in long-awaited places. The Lord spoke again. The answers hang in the balance. There is a major battle over these answers being released upon the earth, but the Lord is giving the keys of victory to His church, to His people in this new kingdom age. Keys to victory. God is looking for those who will continue to intercede and take Him at His Word. He's looking for those who will remind Him of His Word. We, the body of Christ, are entering into the greatest time of being positioned to release the thundering sound upon the earth. Jesus is here to come. Jesus is the answer. Amen. And his wisdom strategies are the answers. Every time I hear a siren or I hear a, you know, cause I live a, I live on bell. Bell, B-E-L-L-E, Avenue in Lakewood, which is the street where the hospital, the new clinic is on. So the ambulance come down my street all the time, and every time an ambulance goes by, I'm praying. I'm not only praying for their healing, I'm praying for their salvation. I'm praying that there'll be a nurse there, or somebody there that can talk to them about the good news of Jesus. God's love for them. Amen? Because see, it seems you know I see it work a lot of times in people's lives. The best time to talk to them about Jesus or the love of God and the goodness of God, which I do, I don't have to tell people how bad they are. You know why? Because I already know they know that. I need to tell them how good God is. I need to convince them who they are, that they were sent here by God, that just don't remember. They just don't remember. Like many of us don't remember who we are. Like I said two weeks ago, or last week or two weeks ago, I said, not only were you sent here by God, you volunteered to come. You said, God, send me. I'll go down. I'll be your ambassador on planet earth.
1: I'll go do it.
0: How many of you remember that? You know now because I told you. So you're not do now. You have no excuse now. All you could say is, like most people, I don't believe that. That pastor's cracked. He's a nutcase. The Bible does say in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 7, when you die, your spirit goes back to God who gave it. Ecclesiastes 12, Ecclesiastes 7. It says, when you die, your spirit goes back to God who gave it. you volunteered let's go to 1st Kings 18 one of my favorite passages in the Bible 1st Kings 18 it's right after 1st Kings 17 and right before 1st Kings 19 How's that? That help you? Now you want a verse? 42. John beat me to the draw. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up on the top of Mount Carmel. And then he bowed down on the ground... And put his face between his knees. How many's ever prayed like this before? How many? How many are, he's getting ready to pray. Did you ever pray with your head between your knees? It's not very comfortable, but for some reason he liked it. And said to the to his servant, "Go up now towards and look towards the sea." So he went up and he looked and he said. There is nothing. And then seven times he said, go again. I bet you that servant was kind of frustrated. Probably saying, this prophetic guy is nuts. His prayers aren't working. Seven times! Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand Rising out of the sea. And so he said, go up and say to Ahab, the king, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. It wasn't even raining yet. The cloud was big as a, the size of a man's hand. What kind of expectation did this praying prophet have? size of a man's hand. Expectation. God, in this day, an hour, in this season, God will exceed your expectations. What you expect. You better get busy expecting. And now it happened, in the meantime, that the sky became black with clouds and wind And there was a heavy rain, so Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. How could you outrun a chariot with seven horses? I I just don't get that. And he was up on the mountain and beat the guy to the city in pouring rain, in torrent storms. For the sound of rain is being heard and the enemy is raging mad. The heavens are thundering with the sound of a glorious outpouring of His rain upon the earth, transforming individual lives and families, transforming cities and nations And we are living, church, in a kairos time. Not a chronicle time. In a kairos moment. Spirit moment. The time of fulfillment. The destiny time we have been anticipating. And it's going to be like nothing we have ever seen or experienced before. God's glory and majesty that will be revealed through these answers to prayer will be blinding and nothing will be the same. Everything will change as He manifests Himself as the Lion of Judah the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of Israel, the God of all, the God of the people of God. And worship, slide 6, John, worship is the key to break the haze trying to keep you from the places of intercession. I I tell you what, can I tell you this? I'll get off my nose in a minute here, but I deal with a lot of prayer people in the city. And when I tell them this, worship is the key, they, they look at me cross-eyed. Because they think the only thing that matters is prayer. I said, you, gotta, you can't just have one thing in the Bible and just stay majored on one thing. There's too many things in the Bible. There's too many things that go with prayer. You can't just have prayer. Because when you read Acts 16, and if, I'll let you read, you can read that later, Acts 16, worship is the way out. Does it make prayer any less? No. But there's times when you're going to face a wall in your prayer and your prayers aren't going to get answered. And the only way to get through for the breakthrough is worship. Worship your way through. And then when you get on the other side, then you can start praying again. I'll tell you something. You're going to get, you think I'm crazy. I've gone years sometimes. Years. I won't even tell you how many. Didn't even say a prayer but I never stopped worshiping. I never stopped praising Him. I never stopped reading or studying my Word. Not one time. Because prayer is not something you do. It is something you are. Prayer is not a work. It's an identity of who you are in Christ. It's relationship back and forth with Him by faith. Talking to him, talking to him like you talk to me, in just everyday language. Walking down the street and just talking, and let him talk to you. He will talk to you. But many of the times, we're not listening. We got our headsets on. Well, you going to hear God? You can hear nothing but all that crazy stuff that's going in your head. You gotta shut it off. You gotta get away. If you really want to hear and have a relationship with Him. Am I saying that stuff's wrong? No, I I like it too. There's a time, and then there's a time I don't have to have it. You're gonna find a lot of peace, you know, and other things. Worship is the key to break the haze trying to keep you from the places of intercession. Stay in your places of intercession and faith. Let nothing distract you, for we have entered a new era. The hand of God is closing the chapter on what was. The things that have held you, captured you, contained you, intimidate you, and He's bringing us into the new. Say, the new. And what He's doing, this is our new beginning. There is a mighty wave of deliverance ready to crash into the body of Christ in the new kingdom age. Ushering the people of God into freedom that has not been known before. Kairos died. The church in its new identity is moving into the place of occupying. This is the new kingdom age when the louder than ever. This is restoration, recompense, retribution, and the justice of God. I don't know about you, but I want to see the justice of God demonstrated. Amen. And we as a new church will begin to see ourselves living our new lifestyles, gathered together in the upper room. In other words, we as God's people really can't see the acceleration of His Spirit unless we are living in the realm of the upper room. Living above the line. And the Spirit of God is saying these words today to us His church. Come into my upper room. My fire is falling for the new frontiers and uncharted territories. This brings back to the series of books I've read by Dr. Dale A. Fife, his latest book called Numenat, Sailors of the Spirit. I'll tell you that book will change your life if you read it. His earlier book called Spirit Wind*, Containing New Frontiers and each of us is receiving a fresh impartation of faith and boldness that has come upon us in the secret place of intimacy with the Lord. You can't get this anywhere else. You can't get it outside of intimacy with Him. Intimacy with Him. It is a fresh... Slide 7, John. It is a fresh invitation to move into the places we have never moved before. It's a fresh boldness to speak and preach the Gospel with boldness. And it's a place where fear loses its legs because you have totally overcome... And immersed in the boldness that comes from knowing Him. In church, that's the key. Knowing Him. And in the power of His Spirit. See, what gets me excited about the term upper room is because I think about two things that happen in the upper room. Number one, encounter. You encounter Him, the Holy Spirit, in the upper room. Number two, empowerment. Psalm 136, verse 12 In the Passion Translation, it says, With His mighty power He brought them out. His tender love for us continues forever. And another scripture, second to last, (laughs) I give you today, is found in Acts 4.31. It says, At that moment, the earth, when they were in the upper room praying, at that moment, when they were in the upper room praying, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building that they were into to tremble. And each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. See, these words are resounding loudly in my spirit. I don't know about yours, but it's resounding. This is the hour of God's power. He's going to work in us like never before. This this world needs to see a demonstration of His power. We can't depend on doctors and science to make us whole or healed. It's only God who can do that. He created us. He created your body to fight any sickness or disease. You're walking around with 375,000 viruses in your body right now. How do I know that? Because I heard a guy from MIT with five PhDs say that to me this week. 375,000 plus viruses already in your body. Your body was designed to fight viruses. You think they're going to tell you that? No, they want you to depend on them. It's time to depend on Him. Because He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Acts chapter 10. This is my final scripture. Acts 10. looking at James. Acts 10, 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, no favoritism. But in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. Verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace. You can worship to you, you can come up. Preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, began from Galilee and after the baptism which John preached. How God, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God was with him.
2: God is with us
0: for this purpose. He's anointing us with the Holy Spirit and power so that we can go about doing good and healing. Healing all who are oppressed by the devil I don't know if you ever read the scripture but I'm sure you heard it I know you read it too but the Bible does say that the God of this world has blinded the minds of people the God of this world and just so you know I'm not about the God of this world you can go ahead and serve communion soon you. He's never forsaken you, no matter what you've been through. He's always been there. He's still there today. Jesus is not an Indian giver. He doesn't come up, go in and come out because you didn't behave right. He doesn't live by our behavior models. He lives by His gospel which says, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Sometimes we get confused. Sometimes we get mistaken identities. We don't know who we are because we have allowed the world to try to dictate life to us when it can't offer anything but sadness and discouragement and despair and depression. And the only thing that God can give you, the only thing that Jesus can give you, is life forevermore. Life and hope. And Jesus said, take ease. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together.
1: cup that we're going
0: to be taking up in a few minutes is the cup of healing the cup of healing it is the cup it is the cup of the new covenant this is your salvation this is your healing this is your deliverance this is your freedom From everything. God is your everything. He changes everything in your being. And you will never be the same again. Never. You will never be the same again. And whether you get this message or not, I'm gonna tell you it again. God loves you. He loves you. Not based on your behavior you Jesus died as you so that you will never have to die spiritually ever again you might die physically but that's okay because you volunteered to come here and you're going back to where you were sent from headquarters this cup is the new covenant in my blood just do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We're going to drink this cup. The worship team's going to sing this song. And if you need prayer, come forward. Let's drink together.
3: intimacy with God. What did God tell them after they fasted for three days when all of these nations were coming against them? They became intimate with God and God said, stand back and see what I'm going to do. Stand back and see what I'm going to do. Moses had to have him hold his hands up so he could keep praising God because they were winning the battle. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. You know, if you're fighting a battle and you have a whole lot of anxiety going on, now, don't get anxiety and concern confused. They're two different things. But if you have a whole lot of anxiety going on, that means you're fighting the battle. Stop fighting the battle and rest in the Lord. He's the one that's going to take care of you. He's the one that fights your battles. You know, in, in, in the book of Revelations, it talks about the fact when God returns on that wonderful, beautiful, white stallion that's going to be the most beautiful horse you ever saw. And the saints are behind him, all on horses, following him. And we're coming into the battle of Armageddon. Let me tell you something. You're not going to kill one single person. God, Jesus, who's in the front, is going to wipe them out with just the word of his mouth. And all we get to do is watch and rejoice
1: in the intimacy
3: that we have in him. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? You never win a battle in the spiritual realm by trying to fight it yourself. Let God do it through His power, through His strength, through His might. Amen? You know, one quick thing that I think is really cool about his sermon today. I love the scripture he starts out with about talking about how all creation is on tiptoes. All creation, that means my three little dogs at home, are on tiptoes. It says, all creation is waiting for the freedom of not decaying anymore. My three little dogs
1: are waiting
3: for the freedom that they will never decay anymore. It says all creation. All creation. The planets are on their tiptoes. The stars are on their tiptoes. The asteroids, the comets, they're all on their tiptoes. Waiting for the freedom that they had when creation first began. And that's what we're going back to. That's what we're going back to. It's what it was like when Adam and Eve was in the garden in purity with God. I look forward to that day. I don't know about you, but I do. I look forward to that time. I look forward to that time. Amen.
0: Have a great week. See you next week. Worship is the key. Pray, pray, pray. Daniel.